welcome to Agency Highway. This is a podcast for digital agencies and freelancers who want to grow their business, earn more, and work less. Each episode, you'll hear from agency owners that are killing it, meet epic people that can help you along your journey, or just listen to me ramble on about something I think is cool. Head to agencyhighway.com for transcripts, action notes, and to join the community. I'm your host, James Rose. Now, let's get into it. This podcast is brought to you by ContentSnare. ContentSnare helps digital agencies get content from their clients on time in the right format without email. If you've ever needed to get content from clients, you'll know how painful it can be. You end up constantly chasing them for weeks and months, and by the time it's ready, there's a 900 long email trail full of massive images and a couple of brochures from six years ago. ContentSnare makes this a thing of the past by collecting content from your clients in the right format the first time and does all the chasing for you. Try it on your next project by signing up at contentsnare.com. Welcome back to another episode of Agency Highway. I am so excited about uh, today's guest. I have with me David Braun of, I want to say Template Monster, but really it is a lot of stuff. You do a lot of stuff, David. Thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, thank you for having me. (laughs) I'm just looking through your profile here and it's like, uh, template Monster, Weblium, Draftium, and obviously Template Monster has been around forever and you've been around in uh, web development forever. Uh, and I guess I was introduced recently to Draftium when I, or Weblium, I can't remember, when I saw it on AppSumo and I was like, oh man, like there are so many sort of connecting dots here. Uh, and, you know, we've got a little, we've been doing some joint promotions of content snare and draftium lately so that's been really exciting so i thought it made sense to get you on the podcast so why don't you give people a little bit of background uh, in case i butcher it <laughs> yeah, I bet yeah sure sure absolutely yeah hello everyone my name is david braun i'm um, uh, I, I, i'm a co-founder of template monster it happened i'm a dinosaur in the internet i think that before the Google, you know, like it was in 2002 and we were growing, uh, you know, like crazy. It all started in a two bedroom apartment in Ukraine, basically. Uh, so like it grew up to 650, you know, employees, uh, uh, yeah. 17 offices around the world, you know. And then in, on 2013, we did a large exit, you know, to a private equity company uh, firm. So I had like, uh, I'm uh, right now 40, almost 40 years old and we kind of, with my partner, felt retired because we made a lot of money you know like so started to think what we're going to do next and then you know like so we wanted to do like a totally different thing from web development because like all our life was around web development mm-hmm. and then when we started to kind of uh look for alternatives and it, it kind of boomed in my hand i said like you know what if we start doing some ai or machine learning or you know crm system or what you name it you have no competitive advantage because we spend, you know, 16 years of our lives learning how people making websites. So yeah. the next project should be definitely around making websites. Otherwise, you know, we kind of be on the same conditions with any starter who, who just came in, you know, yeah. uh, to the scene. has no sense, you know. So we wanted to capitalize our experience and that's how we started, you know, because uh, the behavioral uh, habits changed a lot. Now people are lazy. They want one click for everything, one click solution for having a website, one click for running an ad campaign, one click for making a sale and so on. So we started to think, okay, we have to kind of propose people one click solution for making websites. And that's how Weblium idea was born. 
And you know what? Like our our mission was to create the McDonald's in web design industry, like mm-hmm. to have about 1,000 websites a day, like custom websites in the, a day. And when we started, my my first feeling was that the main challenge would be how do we require 1,000 customers every day? And it turned out to be that the, not the production process was the biggest challenge. So we fortunately partnered up with a couple of banks and they started to send a lot of leads to our way. And uh, I found that the main challenge was how do we actually fulfill the project? Because the customers are tough. You know, like they promise you to bring them some content, but in fact, I'm sure a lot of agencies actually listen to us and they know that the main job for an agency not to sell, but actually to back for a content from a customer. You know, they send you a logo one day, they send you a one paragraph of text another day, they promise to send a couple of pictures another day, and then instead of making websites within 48 hours, as we promised, we ended up with having, you know, projects completed with two weeks, and it's not scalable, right? Mm. So I said, okay, now we have to kind of reconsider the whole process from the beginning, and most of the expensive agencies, what they do, they prototype first, approve the prototype with their clients, and only then they start the production. So I, I bought a lot of, I, I signed up for $1,000, you know, worth of subscriptions with Balsamic, you know, UXPIN, you know, uh, yeah. mockups.com, you name it, like every possible mockup tool. And the biggest issue was actually to prototype using this tool, to prototype a five-page website, it takes you, you know, same amount of time as you actually build it. So yeah. it's not scalable at all. So yeah. that's how we, how we came up with Draftium, which is a turbo prototyping tool. I'm sure, you know, you use it already. It's like it takes 10 to 15 minutes and you can do it online simultaneously with a client on a conference call. And it creates a wow effect, you know, because like lots of people yeah. say, wow, you are, my website is actually building up right now. Yeah, as we're on the call. That's awesome. And it's it's funny, you've I almost want to go back right to the start there before we dig into this, because you said you started before the days of Google. I have to ask, how did you what how did you even get clients before Google <laughs> and Facebook? Yeah, you know what? Like actually it's funny because uh, it, it was a demos.org uh, directory. What we did it was like a super simple and stupid uh, strategy. So we came to this demos, get one vertical, for example, pizza shops. So you get all the websites for pizza shops and send an email, just direct cold email saying, hey, I, I, listen, I found your website. Honestly, it sucks in terms of design. Get and take a look at our you know, templates. We have like 10 or 15 designs for pizza shops or template monster. It's cheap, you know, it's easy to, to make it. And we were sending like 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 emails a day. And a lot of people actually came back and they started to convert, you know, like, yeah, wow. and then I created an affiliate program. We had that 2,000, uh, two, 250, 200, five, I, I don't know, like 300, almost 300,000 affiliates. When you Google, when you Google for anything website template related, first five to six pages were ours, you know, ours or our affiliates. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I remember affiliate. That was kind of like the affiliate heyday. There was so much going on in uh, in affiliate marketing back then. But um, I know that's not like super helpful anymore because it's not 2003. So, yeah, sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so uh, yeah, man, like you guys are doing so much now with Webleum and Draftium and, and obviously uh, you covered 
drafting him there a little bit. So um, if for listeners who aren't familiar with it, I mean, we've got a pretty good description but already, but uh, it's a great, great little wireframing tool. And I can't emphasize the importance of that wow factor enough when you are like, it's basically a quick win, right? Like one of the best ways to impress your clients. Yeah, but the, ma- the main value, I think, for an agency to use it actually to increase their margin. Because like most of the agencies, they do not really calculate properly their prime cost for the project. And this is like what really hurts their margin. Like when you take a look at the yearly margin, average margin, you know, they usually have like 30% margin versus they should have at least 50 because they do not include enough all the expenses that they do not include the tools that they bought, you know, to operate. Do not include the licenses for stock photos, you know, do not include all those back and forth communications. So if you can decrease the back and forth communications, because the agency only sells their time, right? So there is the only limited resource in the agency business is the time. So that's why the agency business is super hard to scale yeah. because the time is not scalable resource. But then, you know, like if you want to scale, the only thing that you could do is you only more efficiently start using your time. Right. So if you decrease the time spent on a client, we call it discovery phase because the content discovery phase, the brief discovery phase. So if you can decrease it two times, that means that your margin is actually increasing around 30 percent, you know, for the total time spent on the project. So that's why I I always like talk a lot of agencies at the beginning, they are kind of skeptical. They say, oh, yeah, 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 I know there's a lot of, you know, mock-up tools around there. We don't spend a lot of time. We just like ask the client to create a brief and then we start from this, you know, point. And, And then I said, okay, let's have a bet. I give you five years drafting for free if you win. If you don't win, you just go and buy it for five years. So, okay, sounds like a deal. Let's do it. So, and then we get two projects simultaneously, you know, we get randomly two projects by an agency and then I supervise the process and then I, I can prove easily that using the, the draft team, they can decrease the time spent on the discovery phase, 30% at least, but mo- in most cases, 50%. Not to mention that they actually kind of clarify a lot of points, which kind of decreases the number of revisions afterwards because revisions that what hurts our margin the most. Yeah. And I mean, you t- you said the, one of the most important things there right, that I took out of that is, it's just that time is the most precious resource that agencies have. And this doesn't even apply just to agencies. You know, I'm, this is a really, really big passion area of mine, uh, like, like saving time and doing less work because I, I travel a little bit in the digital nomad community, like people who are doing remote work. And the amount of times I've just seen people like having to be on their laptops like constantly to do this thing and that thing and that thing uh, when some of us who have you know, got better processes and automation in place are able to go and hang out and you know, sit on the beach. Like I know that's cliche as hell, but we literally were sitting on the beach in Bali while some people had to do work. And like that drives me insane because it only takes a little bit of time and sure there might be some costs involved, but when we're talking like, let's say a, a tool is like 20 bucks a month or 50 bucks a month, but it saves you all this time. Like, and I know draft is way cheaper than that too. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's just funny. The, the, I guess the attitude to saving time, I think to me, it's like so important and I just really want to emphasize that. Uh, as a really I, it's because point. you know, like most of the agencies, they feel like if they do not 
uh, you know, save the time, they actually have no ability to sell their time. So they do not consider the time as an asset. They mm. consider it just a resource. But if you take a look and see like that your real time costs, you know, certain amount of money, depending on how much you charge per hour, mm. right? You can always sell this time. If you don't, cannot sell it directly by approaching more clients, well, you could do like you could sell it as a subcontractor. I, I know like, for example, on Weblium, when we do not have enough orders to fulfill and we have time left, we sell this time cheaper to other studios. We basically have a, a service called Studio for Studios. Most of our people sitting in Ukraine, it's like much cheaper than U.S., or Australia, or you name it. Mm. And so we can, what we can do, our retail price is about 20, 20 bucks an hour. But when we have a, you know, some time left, we sell this time 10 bucks an hour. But we still you know, capitalizing and monetizing this time instead of just having an empty time. So this is like another way to kind of look at your uh, ways how to increase the margin for your agency. Mm. So if you do not have all the time sold, you sell it for a cheaper rate to other agencies. So this way you do not have a price dumping strategy. All the retail pricing stays the same, but then you have like kind of B2B pricing, right? Which is also works. Yeah, and I guess it's, it's almost like the white label model. Some people make that their entire exactly. business. But, you know, it's, it's funny because you mentioned that because I've had this experience when we were quite heavy in the web design space with our agency. Uh, sometimes I would have, a, you know, maybe two or three projects end at the same time. And I'd literally just jump on Facebook because I've got a pretty sizable network of business owners and just say, look, I've got two of my guys are going to be available for like two weeks if you guys need any stuff done on your websites and I'm just going to give you a cheap rate. Um, and it, it kept them busy. And like, like every time someone would come back and be like, Oh yes, I need some help. So it was kind of like a mini version of that. Um, you know, cause yeah, but the it, it, important thing is actually to track it properly. So we have like a CRM system, project management system. We, because like I was inspired by the founder movie. I'm not sure if you watched yeah. it or not. Yeah, the McDonald's guys. Like, remember when they were planning the kitchen, you know, and they were optimizing all the positions of the people yeah. on the kitchen and everything. So, like, to minimize the time to prepare the food. So, we kind of have executed the same strategy. So, um, our first step was to actually kind of, chrono uh, you know, with the chronometers, we were tracking the time for every single operation. And I was so much surprised, even after 15 years in business, I was not really seeing how much, you know, wasting uh, time waste operations we have in the processes. For example, a brief. The brief by itself, it's dead, you know, like, because a brief does not engage, you know, the customer. So a lot of customers mm. approach two or three agencies at the same time, asking, uh, you know, about their project. And all of those do not jump on a call or do a prototype. They just send you a brief. So eventually yeah. the customer gets bored by, you know, filling up all these forms. And he says, okay, whoever calls me the first, I will work with this guy. So this way, a lot of agencies actually, you know, uh, dropping their leads and uh, they're killing their conversion every time they send to someone a brief. I always like saying, if you, set, if you send a brief 
you already 50% killed your conversion. Never <laughs> send a brief. Just like talk to your customer. Yeah, I can see that making sense actually because I, I mean, I, I was never one to send briefs because I know there's like all this time goes into them. I mean, I think it's okay to maybe do a brief if you're getting paid for it, but then it, but it's more of a discovery at that point, right? Rather yeah, than a, of course, a brief. Of course. And I think it's your job. It's a job of an agency to complete the brief. So you talk to a client and you know, you ask him proper questions. And mm. during these questions, he provides the answers and then you kind of submit the brief and then you have an overview and a summary yeah. and send for approval to a client. What we do, like what, what our winning strategy is, we do a draft in a Weblium studio when someone wants to have a website, we do a draft for free and then we send it over to a client and say, now you are free to go and ask for a quote to any other agency because we are 100% sure we provide the best pricing available. And you know what? 90 per, it, it creates a lot of trust. Yeah. And 90% of the customers never go elsewhere, never ask anyone else. They say, okay, okay guys, since you already built a prototype, you know, I like it. You know, I want mm. you guys to complete the project for me. I don't want to go elsewhere you know, like, and start talking to random people. You know, I want to work with you. And how long would you spend on a prototype? 20 minutes. 20 yeah. minutes max because in drafting we got plenty, 350 templates. Mm. So basically like the first draft, you just change the logo, company name, you know, do a couple of slogans and the person already sees that you're capable to do the job. And then, you know, like you get a prepayment and you start working. So it's really like 15 to 20 minutes of the, your time, but you sell your attention to a client. And the client really like kind of starts feeling the trust and you know, this is how it starts. So I think that this is like one of the most valuable conversion optimization advice, you know, I can get because like it really works. That's awesome. I, um, yeah, I've got my, my brain's kind of spinning here. Um, <laughs> so this is something we talked about offline. You, you've mentioned conversion rate a couple of times, uh, about like, the way people calculate it and and not like it's kind yeah, of like a absolutely. fake conversion rate. So, yeah, sure. So I found that the most agencies, they have like a fake conversion rate because they kind of feel, you know, bad when they're, they realize that their conversion rate is so bad. So they try to kind of start calculating not from the first top funnel, you know, uh, uh, top level of the funnel, but from the second one, when customers already deeply approaching you, asking you for your rates, asking you for your brief and, you know, like uh, things like mm. that. But the top level of the funnel is actually your first contact with the customer. Yeah. For example, you went for to a workshop or you went to a local meetup or the businesses and then somebody approached you and say, hey, my name's David. What's your name? Give you a, my business card. You give me your business card you're saying i'm an agency you know like i do a lot of work for your niche or your vertical this is your top level of the funnel right so you have immediately when you go go back you have to immediately put this contact in your crm and start calculating the conversion rate most of the agencies don't do it because they say this is just a meetup you know mm -hmm. this is my contact this is not a lead so the lead starts when david will call you back and say hey i want a project you know like i want you to make a project for me Mm. This is not true, you know, and so when you start calculating your first level conversion rate, it kind of drops you, you know, your conversion rate 30% or more. So when I had the same, you know, when I started to train my sales department in Weblium, 
they had so many contacts. They were they had thousands of contacts, but they were not considered as leads because they see this is uh, the difference between proactive approach and reactive approach. Reactive approach means that somebody should approach you first, and then you start you know kind of answering. The proactive approach means that you already established some contacts, and now you have to approach them proactively and actually start, you know, trying to make a project out of it. And a lot of agencies too shy for some reason. I have yeah. no idea why. You know, the agency business. I think that because the agency business is most, you know, in most cases, is the founders' business. So the founders are making the business. Yeah. So and the founders is kind of feeling, I think, VIP for himself. You know, he's already too important to kind of proactively do the stuff. So they're waiting when someone will come in and ask for, for help. And, you know, when you are, have, I have in Weblim already 75 people to feed, you know, like, so I have no pride for, you know, for myself, like I'm VIP guy. Although I sold the company for 100 million plus, you know, like I could be, you know, on an island with Richard Branson and listen to this, you know, like bullshit about the leadership and stuff <laughs> like that. I said, I'm working on the field, you know, like, I go to the field, I meet my clients, even if they are not feeling my clients yet, you know, like I'll start talking to them, I'll start engaging with them, I'll start proactively showing my expertise and earning the trust, and after that, they become my clients. So a lot of agencies don't think this way. And how would you say is the best way to, I guess, go through that phase of earning their trust? If, if Like this is someone you've met at like a local networking event, which is where I know a lot of agencies get their first leads. How would you start building that trust? I mean, yeah, I just talk to this guy, say, Hey, you know, like I, I actually like very, uh, you know, uh, open-minded person. So I ask people sometimes strange questions. Like, so you say, for example, I'm in an agency business. I say, okay, what would you consider like top result for this end by the end of this year? What should happen that if you are like super, super great, you know, achiever by the end of the year. And usually this question opens up their mind and say, oh, listen, I, I did not really set this ambitious goal to myself. But I said, but what if you start right now? Like, what should it be? And then you say, okay, I would feel proud, you know, if I engage, I don't know, Walt Disney is a client. You say, okay, what should happen? How do you approach it? And then I start kind of brainstorming together with you saying, okay, to engage, you could go to LinkedIn and kind of find all the people responsible for digital, you know, media, digital presence, start engaging with them, build a LinkedIn campaign, show your expertise. Maybe you should publish in Entrepreneur Magazine or somewhere to show uh, that you're an influencer. And then you could do a retargeting, you know, personally to these people so they see your face and that you are an expert. So I kind of help them, you know, like uh, formulate their strategy and then i say okay if you don't do how to do it we could for example do a mm -hmm. great landing page for you as an influencer we could try to pitch you uh, to the media and so on and they say oh yeah that's a great idea let's do it you know <laughs> so you create an opportunity first yeah. and uh, the it's called future pace thinking so you are kind of putting the customer into the future and it should be great future or you know like it should be maybe bad future whatever and then you show that during the past to this future, you are nearby. And if mm -hmm. the customer kind of sees that you are nearby during this past to the future, so you can help him to reach this future point, then, you know, like he, he usually wants you 
to be, you know, together, to share the risks. Yeah. And you've led with a ton of value too. Like you've given them a bunch of stuff and, and said, Look, yeah, like, this is, yeah, this sure. Absolutely. You so you're not really like selling the bullshit. You're really like kind of feeling that you can contribute, you know, to this yeah. future path. Yeah. Awesome. So let, let's talk a little bit more about uh, increasing margin because I know that's, that's kind of like our overarching topic of this interview. But, yeah. uh, we, and we talked about, you know, sort of um, increasing margin through, I guess, I would call it like getting more value out of the clients we already have with, with upsells and cross sells. Do you want to talk about that for a bit? Yeah, sure. So many people um, consider agents of business as a sort of a boutique, you know, mm. uh, boutique lifestyle business. And that prevents them to see the business from, you know, from a digital business perspective. Take a look at the e-commerce. In e-commerce, the only thing that you make money actually so you have like a sort of called a lead magnet or a tripwire product. And then you have a main product to cross-sell and upsell. So I started to think from the same perspective to the agency business and say, what well, we could upsell and cross-sell. So this is how we came up with cross-sell and upsell strategy. So we upsell a lot of additional services from our partners. Uh, and then you make okay. a commission from as an affiliate. Also, like you can upsell this. We, pre, we, we sell this prepackaged uh, webmaster hours. For example, you complete the project already, right? Uh, there is a great rule called zero invoice rule. For Let's say you charge the client $3,000 and you already charge him, you, you, de you deliver the uh, project and he's uh, happy. Then after one week, he comes back and say, hey, David, you know what? I need to change this little thing. I need to recolor this button, you know? So it's a little work. You do not have a moral right to charge the customer because you just charge him three thousand dollars. <laughs> so you don't want to look like a moron, right? So you say, "Okay, I'll do it." Then you give it to your guy, and your technician right now spends I don't know one hour or one and a half hour to actually change this button. After two days, he comes back and say, "David, I also like we have a trade show tomorrow. Can you update our news page or do something? You know, <laughs> like little stuff." And then he comes back again and again. And you still cannot, you know, charge him more because you want to retain this client, you know, relationship. And I found a way to do it. When he asked to do this little thing, you send him an invoice. We called it zero, zero dollar invoice, where you put a charge, a price that you would charge any other guy who would come, you know, if he, he wouldn't be your client. And you say, okay, I will charge for this. I don't know, one, uh, $50, $50, and then you say your, your discount is 100% and your invoice is zero. Second time, you also do like this. Is, it would cost you $150, but you have 100% discount as a loyal client and your invoice is zero. Third time when he comes back, you're saying, you know what? You know, like it's already like I see that you always need our help. Let's sign a contract for a support on maintenance for $200 a month, you know, like, and you always have our guys, you know, ready to help. So this creates you, you don't look like a moron. You're already giving him away free work, but he already recognizes the value of this work, right? And when he repeats it, you already opens, it opens up an upsell opportunity for you easily and oh, in a very man. polite way. Yeah, I love one this. way to do it, right? Yeah, so, uh, this is like a little trick that you I kind of learn it, and it's like super super easy to implement. People value it a lot because if you do it for free, 
people do not really feel the value at all. Mm. They see, okay, like you're a nice guy. Like, so he continues to send you a lot of work. And this time could be sold to other clients. So this is how, what, how it hurts your margin. Because you, know, you could sell this time for money instead of, you work, instead of this, you work for free. And we already discussed it. The time is the only limited resource that you have in your agency. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I mean, this is the, the classic upsell for web developers is to, to get them onto a support and maintenance agreement. I really like this, this, this idea. Um, <laughs> I hope, uh, yeah. I hope. Sorry. And a cross-sell, what could be a cross-sell? So you, you research the vertical of the client. You ask for his challenges, then you find tools like we discussed, automation tools, but not automation tools for yourself, but automation tools for the client's business. Then you reach out to these vendors of automation tools and say, hey, I'm an agency. Do you have an agency plans? You know, like usually they give you a special discount starting mm-hmm. from 30%, in most cases, 40 to 50%. And then you implement this and then you can charge also setup fee for a client to actually actually you know set up all these automation tools within his business and in this way you differentiate greatly from other agencies because most of the agencies they will do what they do the website they do the coding and they have no differentiate point the only differentiation point you you might have in this case is your pricing and the pricing never works because there is a lot of people in india in pakistan even in ukraine that would you know would charge cheaper so you cannot you differentiate on pricing. It never works, you know, like because market's yeah. changing. I can give you an example that people usually forgot about it, but in 1980s, uh, Japan, Japan was the place for a cheap, cheapest engineering, you <laughs> know, workforce. No so people use Japan as we use China right now for cheap engineering labor. Now you see Japan is one of the most expensive, you know, uh, labor cost country, right? So uh, markets are shifting a lot. You never, you cannot never predict if your business, you know, agency business, usually, you know, you can be in business for 10 to 15 to 20 years. You never rely on pricing. Never. You know, you have to differentiate. So you have to be, you know, expert in some niches. So that's why the cross sell, you know, uh, strategy usually is in automation. You help to automate process for your client. And this is your differentiated point. Yeah, I think you have to like that. That's a great point with the with the automation and stuff. I think um, there are a lot, of, a lot of agencies. I see this pretty regularly in our community. Is is people taking on more and more services where you know a client goes or, or they see an opportunity to offer Facebook ads, and next minute they're doing Facebook ads and Google ads and design and and like this massive list of services. But something you said earlier about uh, working with other partners and, and taking like a commission on other work, you know, I think is a really good idea for, and a way to get out of needing to do, um, like to back yourself into this hole of having to do so many different services. Uh, and then next minute you're back to just working all the time. Like as an example, I'm doing a little bit of automation work at the moment. So, but like more like videos and showing people how to do automation, I don't really want to do it one-on-one for businesses. It's just not where my passion is. I like creating sort of videos and and helping lots of people. And I met a lady at a conference recently who does exactly the stuff that I don't want to do. So it's like the perfect partnership, right? And I can go, okay, someone wants help with this. Go and talk to this lady. 
we're done. <laughs> you know, or like, and yeah, I can get sure. a kickback. You know, I, I don't think in this case I'm going to ask for a commission, but um, you know, that's I've seen a lot of people do that, and I have other people like web developers that when I send them a lead, uh, they will pay us ten percent of the job. So I think there are ways to to add more services and cross sell without doing the work yourself. Yeah, exactly. Uh, because like eventually you you are you know ending up with uh, your time slots are super busy. Mm. You have no time to think about your strategy. You have no time. A lot of agencies actually convert. I think your story is like that, right? So you started as an agency and then you you created a product based on your experience. So most of the agencies they and end up with uh, creating a product because they realize in their head that it's never ending story. It's not scalable. So another uh, way to look at this, what in Weblium, we do a franchise. So we do a franchise agencies. You never had an agency. We give you the tool to build sites. We give you a prototyping tool. We give you business processes and then you, you can start running your agency. And so this is the way we scale. Otherwise, you know, like, we would end up with already, okay, I have 70 people, I will have 200 people, and this is going to be my end. You know, like, there's going to be a lot of, a lot of, you know, things. For example, uh, uh, if you drop a project in the middle, you have a developer, WordPress developer, and he starts working on the client's project. And then, you know, like, you lost the developer. I don't know. He changed the job. He decided to leave the company. What happens next? You hire another guy. Always, in 90%, he says, oh, this previous guy did it wrong way. We have to redo it. <laughs> that is the classic developer. Oh, exactly. Man. Yeah. And then, you, you know what? You pay double. So it hurts your margin. Yeah. In Weblium, let's say you drop the project on 75% completion date. You start with 76% immediately because we use the same system behind. Mm. You can give it even to us and say, guys, you have to complete it because I have other projects to do. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's why we have to create the Weblium as a system which consistently can, you know, like work the same way. There is no other way to build a website. You use only one way. With WordPress, we had so many issues. You know, when you change people, you know, like so many issues. We always were thinking at the beginning that we would make 50% on this project. And we ended up having at least, you know, 15% 15 or 20%. This is not a business. This is a hobby. <laughs> and we're basically touching on another great way to increase your margin, right? And having these rock solid processes. I didn't know that you guys were doing like the franchise model with like, uh, with um, processes given to people as well. Cause that's, that's really important, right? Like that's, especially when you're trying to be more efficient with your time is having the right tools and processes in place uh, to reduce your costs essentially. Like, you know, whether yeah, that's sure. costs of switching a developer or using your own time or whatever. Yeah. Also, like another thing, like people are spending a lot of time by, you know, uh, 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 trying to select proper stock photos for people. Mm. Like, uh, I know like the, a couple of agencies came to us and uh, we, when we started to track their time, they say, oh, we're spending like two to three hours and they charge this uh, you know amount of time or included to the project costs they say uh, to find the proper clip art i say why don't you do why, why do we do it like in the first place why don't you ask your client there is our i don't know shutterstock give him a shutterstock you know uh, uh website and say please can you uh, you know find the pictures that you like 
And then you kind of offload this job to your client. And if he cannot do it, he would value this job, you know, if you would do it. Otherwise, the client does not really recognize that there is a job behind, right? Hmm. So I always like uh, uh, prefer to have a transparent way to kind of offload all the job to a client side. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and when his brain is blown up and say, hey, hey, I don't want to do this shit. And say, okay, we'll do it for you, but we would charge for it, right? Yeah. And now he's ready to pay. Otherwise, he's not ready to pay. That's a great example because looking for stock photos can be such a pain in the ass. And, that, and that's what we ended up doing actually is using basically just asking them to send us a link in Content Snare, like send us a link of the photos you want and then we would go and buy them because we've got the account to deposit photos or Shutterstock or whatever. Right, right. We'd say, these are the sites you can use. Um, and then, yeah, when you pick, pick your links, like just literally send us the link, find the picture, copy it out of the URL bar, put it in this box in Content Snare, uh, hit, hit that you're done and we will go and buy it and use it on the website. Right, right. That's a good, good strategy. Yeah, so I think, um, I mean, is there anything else you'd like to cover? We, like around increasing your margin before we sort of wrap this up? Well, um, yeah. Another thing that I would, I would cover is actually when you start uh, having this uh, tracking trackers in place, you track all the possible jobs, uh, jobs. There is a framework called service blueprint, just Google for it. Okay. So basically service blueprint is actually you are um, mapping all the processes with their time, what you have to do with, as an agency and what actions customer has to do in order to you know work within the project right. and then you realize all the all the actions that both sides are doing first effect you actually eliminating some of those because you see that this is unnecessary this could be dropped off you know like and things like that and the second you realize who is doing a particular job in some cases your most expensive people doing a, you know a dummy job like the main developer who gets the you know like the highest salary has to for example copy and paste a lot of content why do we need it get a <laughs> you know, get a junior assistant for this right yeah and have him prepare everything and that way you minimize the time of the highest paid person in, in company so take a serious look at the people and their salaries and identify their internal rate hourly rate and you know analyze what you could do and actually you know to have a minimum uh, spend internally on certain operations and it would help you to increase your margin 10 to 15 percent too and i think it, it, when you're doing that process it would make sense to include an hourly rate of your own time i know the tendency is for people not to yeah, <laughs> count their own yeah. time you know yeah and it happens, you know, at the end of the day, you say how much your agency is making. And he says, oh, I'm making $1,000, $100,000 a year. I said, okay, do you pay yourself a salary? He said, no. I said, okay, what if you would go have a job, a daytime job? How much would they pay for your expertise? They say, hey, it's still about $150,000 a year. So you basically have a loss. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. Right? So like this is important thing, like you have to pay a salary a market salary to yourself or mm -hmm. at least include this, you know, into the, In the calculation yeah. and then see how much is your agency really making. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this is a, I mean, it, it's quite difficult to do to track 
project costs to that kind of detail. But I think it is important because it, it helps you find where those areas for massive improvement are. Like you said there, you've got the highest uh, paid person in the company doing like menial tasks that a junior could do or even like a virtual assistant could do. And that's, that's where you make massive savings and increase your margin. It's just right. Exactly. So, um, look, if you guys want to get a hold of Draftium, I see that we've got a little code here because, um, I mean, this is a classic great tool to fix up your processes or improve your processes, especially in that early stages during the discovery. And, and um, like David said, wowing clients straight up because, yeah, I mean, this is one of the most important things that I've found you can do, getting little quick wins for clients. So, um, uh, I see that you guys, uh, David, have arranged a little deal here using CS-DRFT50. Oh, man, that's complex. I will put that in the show notes <laughs> as yeah. a uh, coupon code to get Draftium Premium for, it's like $49.50 a year, which is insanely cheap. But I know um, it's free anyway, right, to sign up and start playing around. So, guys, yeah, exactly. I'm heading over. Yeah, the, the thing is like the paid version, why people ask for a paid version, they want to brand it by themselves. Like, so they want to use their own domain for to host those prototypes. Right. If you don't want it, you just like can use free version, you know, like it's completely uh, available and enough to actually start playing with this. And I would suggest you also like to have a pair. Like, I think we have a perfect match, draft you and a content snare. So like you build the prototype, you approve it with your customer and then you use content snare to collect all the pieces of content needed to start the production. And this way you minimize your discovery phase, you maximize your margin, you make enough profits. And I think that you got you could be the next guest on this podcast. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Mic drop. We're done. Uh, yeah. And I honestly think that is such an awesome uh, combo. That's why, I mean, I started up, talking to you guys because I think it's, it's just, uh, it, it solves two of the biggest issues in, in web design. I, like, I feel like I'm, um, big noting myself there, but I mean, that, that is literally the reason we built content snare is cause it was a big pain in the ass for us. And it sounds like that's the reason you built Draftium cause it was one of the biggest right. pains for you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so that's classic. Um, yeah. Thank you, David. Thank you so much for joining me, man. This has been awesome. Yeah, thank you, guys. Um, I wish you have highest possible margins by the end of this year. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and remember, uh, jump over to the show notes at agencyhighway.com. Search for David or Draftium, uh, and this episode will show up. And uh, just in case, it's CS-DRFT50 to get Draftium Premium for uh, basically 50% off. So, uh, And that'll be in the show notes, so you don't have to remember it. If you write it down, if you're driving or something, please don't do that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, one little extra thing I'd like to do this week, if you leave a review of Agency Highway on any of the platforms like uh, iTunes, uh, Stitcher, whatever, just screenshot it and email it to support at contentsnare.com and we'll give away a full year of access to Content Snare every month. Let's just say your chances are going to be pretty good because I'm only just uh, doing this and it's not a huge podcast, so there's probably only going to be a few of you in the draw. So send those screenshots of your reviews over to support at contentsnare.com. Uh, love you guys and I'll see you in the next episode. 
Discover how to grow your agency, earn more, and work less at agencyhighway.com. Head over there to get resources from this episode and full transcripts. See you next time. This episode was brought to you by Content Snare. If you're a digital agency or just need to get content or info from your clients, Content Snare can help you collect it on time and without enormous email trails. Give it a try at contentsnare.com.